0: Overnight on June 18th, downtown Bloomington saw extreme flooding, which led to the death of one resident and significant damage along Kirkwood Avenue and other parts of the city. The flooding forced the Bloomington Fire Department to relocate its headquarters to College Avenue at the former law offices of Bunger and Robertson. It caused Hopscotch Coffee to suspend its regular operations at its Madison Street location. The administrative offices at Blooming Foods were submerged in water. Trinity Episcopal Church along Kirkwood saw three feet of standing water in the basement where the electrical panels are located. WFHB News spoke with a local business on Madison Street and a church on Kirkwood Avenue to provide a glimpse into the impact of the flooding several weeks ago, many of which are still grappling with the cleanup efforts required to return to normal once more.
1: We begin at Hopscotch Coffee, Several weeks have passed since the flood. A sign in the window says, closed due to flood damage. Sandbags sit on the sidewalk outside the store. Jeff Grant, co-owner of Hopscotch, says the pile of sandbags are meant to prevent any more water from spilling into the coffee shop. He says they've repainted the store in order to reopen this weekend. Jeff stands busy, power washing the sidewalk outside the shop. He spares a moment to talk about the flooding. Grant talks about his initial reaction after receiving word that the store had flooded and cleanup efforts he had to take in order to prepare for reopening this upcoming weekend.
2: Yeah, it was like two in the morning, and uh, Phil, who manages next door at Blooming Foods, had called uh, called me and my wife had to wake me up. I had been up late bailing out our basement at home, and so I'd just gone back to sleep when I got the call that it was uh, pretty bad down here. Um, and by the time, you know, I came right down, but even by then the water had already rushed out of the building, so there really wasn't, I mean, there was like, it was damp on the ground and muddy, but, uh, my reaction was confusion because just things were scattered. I mean, it looked like there had been an earthquake, you know, everything was knocked over and stuff we store in the back was in the front and vice versa. Um, so yeah, 2 a.m. on 20 minutes of sleep, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was shock and confusion and there was, you know, four more hours of rain supposed to come after that. So really all I did was trip the power and uh, go home and deal with the rest in the morning. First few days were confusing because just we didn't know the extent of the damage. And uh, we knew it was bad enough that we didn't want to take it on ourselves. And we wanted to assess whether there was like mildew in the walls and stuff like that. Um, so we hired service masters, which is like a commercial, restoration company and uh, I think they had, they said they had 40-some contracts in town after that flood. Um, so they just set up like air movers and uh, dehumidifiers and just kind of, they uh, dried it out for a few days and then power washed the floor and helped us clean up. and. After that, it was, after things were clean, it was kind of a lot easier to see what was going on. They said we didn't need to like cut into the drywall, that it seemed okay, you know, because I don't think, we had a lot of water. We had about 18 inches of water, but it was, I think it was in and out really quickly. It's, it wasn't like a basement where it just kind of stays in there for a few days. Like it was out in a matter of hours. Um, so yeah, we, we just had to kind of itemize everything that was damaged for insurance and once we did that, started cleaning up and replacing floor molding, like base, baseboard molding, and uh, yeah, like I said, put a fresh coat of white paint, practically every surface in there.
1: Jane Coopersmith, the other co-owner of Hopscotch Coffee, spoke to WFHB over the phone earlier this afternoon. We turn now to that interview.
3: So Jane Coopersmith, co-owner of Hopscotch Coffee and Rainbow Bakery, thank you so much for coming on to the WFHB local news.
4: Yeah, thanks for the invitation.
3: So first off, I wanted to talk about the flooding uh, several weeks ago in downtown Bloomington and and how it impacted you. So first off, how did the flooding impact the regular operations of Hopscotch Coffee?
4: With the flood, we had two feet of water in our Madison Street location, which is a retail point of sale for, for coffee drinks, but it's also the home of our, um, small batch roaster, which we use to send coffee out to our other locations and, um, blooming foods and inkwell cafe. So when our, when our, you know, that location was hit, we just instantly had to shut down. Um, it was, <laughs> it was very dramatic. And, you know, I say all this kind of to speak about our experience, but it is also representative of what a lot of other businesses and individuals have been through. So, I'm not trying to play my tiny violin, but just kind of trying to share with, with the community what happened. But um, so all of our equipment was was pretty messed up. We had, you know, large chest coolers that had floated and, um, you know, tipped over. All the contents were dumped everywhere. Our roaster had been partially submerged. All of our, we have a lot of refrigeration equipment there that was submerged a lot of paper goods. I mean, it was just, just trash. It was really crazy. A lot of, um, you know, goods that were stored in the back of the space were found in the front and vice versa. So, you know, it, it was really pretty awful. So since that day, you know, initially we had industrial cleaning crews in that specialized in flood and fire damage. So they used industrial equipment to, to dry the space out. You know, randomly, our neighbors at the Stampin' Engraving Center had um, been working on some projects in their space, so they had a dumpster in our parking lot already, and they were very gracious in letting us um, immediately use that. So we were able to start kind of shifting through um, our, our items and seeing what was salvageable.
3: When you first heard about the, the flood, so walk me through what that was like. When you were informed of the flood, what was your initial reaction?
4: Yeah, well, I was asleep at my mom's house in Omaha, Nebraska, actually, and received a call, I think it was like 1215 Central Time, the so 115 a.m. Eastern, I received a call from Phil Phillippe, who's the um, general manager at Blooming Foods. And, um, you know, he he was honestly like, he's the hopscotch hero of the whole thing. He had texted me, but I didn't get the text because I didn't have my notifications on. And then he accidentally pocket dialed me and I picked up and he said, hey, it's Phil. I just want you to know there's pretty serious flood flooding happening. So I was able to get in touch with my business partner, Jeff Grant, who um, you know, ran down in the middle of the night. The water had, had basically receded, so it was no longer at the two-foot mark, but there was standing water throughout the space. But the most important thing that he was able to do, thanks to Phil, was go shut off our electrical panel. So, you know, if we had had our equipment on while there was water, um, in any of the circuits, that, that's really what, what can damage equipment. So we really, we really lucked out. And we, we think, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our equipment is operable. Of course, it's, negatively impacted by the flood so it won't last as long as it would but um yeah anyway so so Phil called Jeff went down there and then um the next day my business partner and my husband were both kind of just in the space trying to restore a little bit of order to it um and then I got there the following day and we started um the process of filing an insurance claim in cataloging um all of the items on Madison Street all of the businesses have experienced some amount of flooding and so we had already not we had been in this type of situation before but we have all been down on our block in the wee hours of the morning raking leaves out of our out of the street drains and just really trying to you know control control the situation so that we could prevent the flood so that's that's why Blooming Foods was down there in the first place, you know, they knew they knew that this was a risk.
0: The flooding impacted Kirkwood Avenue especially. Video footage posted to social media showed knee-deep rainwater, which had flooded the street. Vehicles were submerged all the way up to their headlights. One location in particular was hit hard. Trinity Episcopal Church. We turn to WFHB correspondent Robert Robinson for more.
5: At Trinity Episcopal Church in downtown Bloomington, the consequences of the flood were no less severe. I spoke with Nancy Hutchins, who described the effects and remediation efforts underway.
6: It's been devastating.
5: On the night of the flood, three feet of standing water were discovered in the church's basement where their electric panels are located.
6: Uh, our facilities guy, who doesn't normally work on Saturdays, uh, was coming in to drop his wife off at work early. She had a six o'clock call. And so he swung by the church and went about the flood and uh, found that uh, the basement was, uh, you know, like I said, three feet. Uh, and at that point, he called uh, Prox Electric to find out what the you know, because we had electric uh panels down there high voltage electric panels, and they basically said we can't go in there and Duke said the same thing
5: they were also unable to clear out and repair their disability elevator shaft because of the hydraulic fluid that had leaked into the water
6: Surf Pro wouldn't clean out the elevator shaft because that had a lot of hydraulic fluid, and they couldn't when they pump they can't uh they have to put it into the city system into the sewer, and so mm-hmm. we that couldn't go into the sewer.
5: These damages are likely to cost the church a massive sum of money.
6: Our HVAC uh, people have been in and out all week. We've uh, lost, we have a number of air conditioners. We lost the air handler on one. one all, we had a mold remediation company in, and they recommended replacing all the ductwork down in the basement. Um, and uh, the big issue for us right now is going to be the elevator. I mean, it's... Um, I'd, I'd say we're looking at least at $200,000 worth of infrastructure, not to mention the storage.
5: Additionally, water and leaked hydraulic oil resulted in the destruction of a number of irreplaceable figurines, furniture, and other church property. Hutchins described the damage to Trinity Episcopal's boxes and nativity scenes, many rare and from all over the world.
6: So we just spent last week up uh, trying to go through those, um, you know, trying to go through those boxes. And um, so because we had no elevator to all this stuff, these waterlogged boxes, not just the nativity scenes, but building materials down there, everything had to be brought up, you know, from the basement. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was very heavy and laborious. Um, so anyway, we had people going through that and we were able to clean the ones that were made out of ceramic or glass. All of the others that had any kind, they were made of wood, paper mache, some had fabric on them. Uh, we had to toss them all, even some that looked nice, you know, but because mm-hmm. the water, the oil, you know, is damaged, is absorbent. And so, uh, the other thing we lost, we have a columbarium, which is where, um, it's essentially, it's people, you know, when they're cremated, they can put their ashes. It's a place for ashes. So it's like a it's like a um cemetery. So that's in our, our Brabson garden. And we had um about forty-four of the plates that are used to um uh cover those uh niches where we put the ashes and they're very hard to get and they're very uh, um You know, they're just, it's really laborious trying to get these Mm -hmm. things. They have to all match and there's only one place in the country we can get them and on and on. Well, they were all damaged because of the oil that, you know, that was absorbed into the stone. And we had, uh, we had renovated our sanctuary in, um, I think 15. And so we had some new, very expensive church furniture. Um, and so we had some of it stored down there because we had to open up the choir area because of COVID for so that we could do social distancing, you know. So anyway, all that stuff mm-hmm. down there. So we're in the process. We have a lot of people working on trying to identify the um, you know, how much this stuff costs, exactly what our losses are. And, um, and so I think we'll be dealing with it for a long time.
5: The total cost of the damages will likely not be known for some time. For WFHB, I'm Robert Robinson.
1: The flooding not only impacted store owners, but employees as well. Furthermore, it impacted residents' homes, many of which are renters who have been displaced due to flooding. And now we visit part two of our conversation with Hopscotch coffee owner, Jane Coopersmith, who touches on how the flooding affected residents and about the reopening of the coffee shop.
3: I wanted to ask you, Jane, uh, what impact did this have not only for you, but your employees, the, the folks at Hopscotch that worked on the Madison Street location? What's that been like for them?
4: We have, you know, kind of multiple crews operating out of there. We have people doing, um, prep, beverage prep work. We have people roasting coffee. And then, you know, we, there's the barista who you might interact with if you ever go in there for, to get a drink. Um, and so those people were, you know, our operations were immediately shut down. So those people weren't working their regular shifts. We did make, once the industrial cleaning crews were out, we felt like it was a safe, you know, it was everything they had treated everything with antimicrobial um, cleaning cleaning materials, and so at that point we felt like it was safe for everyone to be in. So we um, extended the offer of, um, you know, double pay if you come in and work painting or you know whatever shift. So we tried to kind of make up for a little bit of lost income, but honestly. A lot of our staff were dealing with their own insurance, or sorry, their own flood issues. Um, for the property owners, they were having to deal with their own cleanup and repair, and that just takes a lot of bandwidth. So, you know, for that person specifically, I think it ended up being like a silver lining that they had the space to not work while they were trying to put the pieces of their own life back together. And then there are other staff members who were... Um, dealing with flood loss at home from the perspective of rent of a renter, you know, so they were having to, you know, try to advocate for repair, recovery, mitigation. And, and I don't think that those situations necessarily went super smoothly. And in fact, I did want to mention, I, I told you earlier that I work for the city in small business development and I was talking with the housing and neighborhood development folks today to find out like what is the tipping point for an individual if they're dealing with flood damage at home when when should they call the city when is it when is it that they should be like reporting a situation and um, they said that if an individual is you know requesting repair and just not getting a response from their landlord or they feel like they're not getting a response then it's it's time to call the hand department and that phone number is 812 349 to zero. And they can help, you know, they may or may not need to take action, but they can help the tenant figure out, you know, what needs to happen. So anyway, that's just to say, like, we're dealing with this from the business side, but simultaneously, our, our employees are dealing with this at home.
3: Your location on Madison Street is, again, temporarily closed. How long do you expect until you return to normal operations again?
4: Yeah, well, we're pretty excited. We plan to open this Saturday, which is July 3rd, at our normal Saturday time. I believe we open at eight o'clock at that location on Saturday. And we try to look for, you know, the bright spots always. And since we hadn't returned to um, in-house service, since we decreased our operations for COVID, we decided that we'll reopen on Saturday and we'll invite people back into our space. So, The shop is looking really great. Um, It has a fresh coat of paint. Everything has been cleaned inside and out. And um, so this, you know, feels like a happy invitation to our customers to come back in and visit with
3: us. Absolutely. Now, Jane, is there anything else you would like to add before we part ways? Anything I might have missed on my end?
4: Yeah, I, you know, I think I would just add that we are so grateful for um, our community of customers and also our um, business community in Bloomington. It's, it's really interesting working in such a small town. That I think people who aren't in food service might not realize that we're all talking to each other constantly behind the scenes and we've had, you know, offers of support from the other local coffee roasters to, to help us fill the gap while our roaster, um, wasn't running. We've been in touch with other food service operations people and it's just, it makes it a lot easier to take knocks like this flood when you have the support of your community. So we're super grateful for that.
3: Well, Jane Coopersmith, co-owner of Hopscotch Coffee and Rainbow Bakery, thank you so much for your time.
4: Yeah, thanks, Cade.
0: The Monroe County Emergency Management Office released a statement encouraging residents and business owners who have been affected by the June 19th flood to report their flood damage. Residents can report damage over the phone by calling 211 or online by visiting inn211.org and clicking on the Monroe County Storm and Flood Damage Assessment button in the top bar.
1: Other organizations you can contact for help with flood relief include the Monroe County Emergency Management Office via phone at 812-349-2546 from 9 to 4 p.m. And the community organizations active in disaster in Monroe County via email at monroecountycoad at gmail.com.